So, hello, um, it's Elizabeth. And Lee. And we are back with type seven. A seven is called the enthusiast, the epicure, the anticipator, the dreamer. And they are in the uh, head triad with fives and sixes. And they are in the aggressive stance with threes and eights. So that means they're feeling repressed. So sevens are basically just walking around thinking, doing, thinking, doing. They think something and they go do something about it. They think something and they go do something about it. Their unconscious childhood message is the message that they got is it's not okay to depend on anyone for anything. Do you? Oh, I need to say that our special guest today is Jessica. <laughs> Hi. Hi. And uh, how do you feel about that unconscious childhood message? It's 100, not okay. 100%. Yeah. But I think what's funny about it is. Um, I think I had this realization after we had a workshop together mm-hmm. and I thought about it and I was like, I actually think they were trying to send that message, <laughs> but the message I was getting always was no one supporting this. I have to be in control and I have to fix everything. Interesting. Yeah. So and that's a good reminder that it's not your mom's fault. It's no. not <laughs> the environment. It's just how you can right. take it in. Exactly. So they could have said, it's okay to depend on us. Please depend on us. And you still... I would have been like, but look at all these reasons why you're not at all dependable. Right. And, but, and it's probably because the rest of us are slower than you. Maybe. Or I just really was not at a place where I could even receive, you know, like I think it was really... In, later in life, I look back and mostly after our workshop, I was like, oh, my God, she fed me lobster in the bathtub. <laughs> she absolutely was trying <laughs> to support me. I just didn't accept any of it at the time. I was like, you people can't possibly wow. know what you're doing. You don't know what you're doing. And that's not support. That's fascinating. <laughs> oh, it's crazy. That's fascinating. <laughs> I love that. That's so good. Um, okay. The lost childhood message for seven, the message that you wanted to hear is you will be taken care of. Honestly, I often get from sevens is that they don't relate to this very deeply. And I think that um, a lot of, like, is, is what you just said. Mm-hmm. A lot of sevens very early on make damn sure that they are taken care of and they take it upon themselves to make damn sure they're taken care of or they surround themselves in a situation where they know they will be taken care of so that the message that they need to be taken care of is like, well, you know, it's not deeply, deeply felt or resonant because you've been you've been making sure that happened since day one. I agree with that. They've been in control for us. So we long. control mm-hmm. the environment. Yeah. I mean, I even the lobster in the bathtub thing is like that's being taken care of, right? <laughs> like a hundred and fifty percent, that's mm. being taken care of. But <laughs> I don't know how I made that happen. But I'm but sure did. that I did, and you I'm orchestrated. also I'm sure that I was like, Mom, why don't we have this? Why am I not feeling special? And also, I was the oldest, and we had three. There were three kids close mm-hmm. in age, so I can see that because when I first heard that, I thought it's not that I want someone else to do this because I yeah, already know to, how. To like I already got, I got this. You. We already got this. We had to figure that out early. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can't think of a time in my life when I wasn't gonna be good, mm-hmm. and like to five years old. I can't mm-hmm. think of a time like that, which makes me think that it is so ingrained. 
yeah. that we could hear yeah. that statement and say that was not, no, that's not me. But it's like that's the one thing that has always been present, <laughs> yeah. present, which means we 100% focus on. Yeah. And my so. mom's a seven and she has always said to me that that does not resonate with her. But then like the two, t- I can think of two times in my life where my dad as a nine just kind of, he dropped the ball on, on um, shielding her from some serious kind of issues with his partner and other things. And those two times, like she just, I think she left the house, you it's know? Bad. Yeah, she just left the house because he was not, as a nine, he couldn't deal with the conflict. And so he didn't take care of her and she just left. And so I think sevens don't resonate with it in, until it gets pretty dicey like yeah. that. And then they're, then they're like, then it's like everything, we're, all, everything's yeah. off. Well, at that if point. we're deprived of it, by we just someone walk, you've given see. your life to no, or someone done. you put your trust in yep that's yeah. when you would see it yeah when it sounds like that situation because sevens also reframe mm-hmm. that's part of the way you mm-hmm. control things so you reframe <clears throat> it to what you want it to be and yeah if if it's completely in someone she was trying real hard to get him to deal to, do it and, and he wouldn't and do it, it would it happen yeah then yeah you're you lose control yeah you don't have the, yeah. i can see that yeah yeah a seven sin or passion is gluttony, which um, all the sins we kind of try to unpack them because the words are always kind of gross. Like gluttony is kind of gross. I like hedonism. Hedonism <laughs> is good. Um, but I think just kind of more is better is one way to put it. And it, more doesn't necessarily have to mean like that you like a lot of stuff. No. It can just mean that you like a lot of energy or you like a lot of things mm-hmm. on the calendar. Or you it's more like, like turn it up to 11. <laughs> is how I think of that. Yeah. Yeah. I have a friend that's a seven that says more is more. Yeah. More is more. Yes. Um, so and. We haven't talked about orientation to time for all the numbers, but I think for sevens, the orientation to time being in the future is super important because I think uh, they are using that all the time to kind of keep that forward motion and to reframe reality. And it just kind of, um, and I think that's where the anticipator comes in, calling them the anticipator, because they're just anticipating the future all the time. Um, So I think that's really... You know, I was thinking about this the other day and like being in anticipation, being the thing that is actually the thing that gives us the most joy, probably. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then when something actually happens and being already over it. So we frequently have a situation with my family where our kids all love to hang out and they're all crying all the time when we say goodbye. And I'm sitting there like stone cold face because this whole experience ended three days ago for me when we showed up. And it's really, and I was, at first I was like, why am I so unfeeling? Uh And I felt terrible about it because I have a lot of empathy and I feel like I feel compassion for all these cousins that don't see each other. Mm -hmm. But the honest truth is the moment we arrive, everything about all of the excitement is over for me. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not that I don't love the moments, but... It's important. Like, I think I should, like, buy myself something really great, like a new mattress, <laughs> and, like, leave it in a box in my living room for the rest of the year to just be able to enjoy it, you know? Because <laughs> it's not open. Yeah. yeah. That is. That's so funny. That's so funny. That makes a lot of sense to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, with my mom, she's like that too on holidays and stuff. It's all about the getting ready for the it. And once it's it. there, it's like, yeah. it's mm-hmm. she's over it. Maybe, maybe everybody should just give sevens gifts they can't open for 
like 12 to 24 months. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> really, I think it's like having something to look forward to is the, is that the, is the calendar at my house is, yeah. what can we put in in yeah. June yeah. to be just really excited? Yeah. So good. Yep. That's good. Um, so uh, sevens have a feeling meter and um, like fives we were saying have a... Uh, energy meter an energy meter and mm. sevens have a feeling meter and so they try to keep everything on the happy side of the feeling meter uh, they try to stay with positive feelings and optimistic feelings and when things start to dip into being negative that's when they try to reframe it or or change how they feel about it or change how they're seeing it and so one of the things I like to say is that Sevens need to learn to flex their small bummer muscles, um, which, which uh, gives them uh, stamina when things actually really go wrong. It gives them stamina. It gives them the ability to know that it's going to gonna pass. Mm-hmm. Um, when we were doing fours, and I'm a four, like I'm flexing my small bummer muscles all the time. Yeah, you love it. And, and so, <laughs> you are and ripped. I'm special And dark. so when things, the shit hits the fan, I'm like, I'm actually kind of okay, you know, usually. Mm-hmm. Um, and when the shit really hits the fan with sevens, they can actually really not be okay. I If like, you can't reframe it or control it. I've honestly had a couple of... Really bad things. Really, really bad things happen. Mm-hmm. And thank God, in my later years, like, mm-hmm. since I've been an adult and had like learned about the Enneagram and learned that it was a framework and learned that like beyond self-knowledge, self-transcendence is mm-hmm. really, really important. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like the the thing for me of adulthood was like getting into a situation and being like, I have to work really, really hard for something that's like not going to feel awesome all the time, mm-hmm. with, like relationships. Mm-hmm. Like something that's going to be feeling mediocre some days and that it's worth fighting for is the craziest thing that has ever even Mm -hmm. crossed my mind. Because Uh as a 20 year old, I was like, it has to be turned up to 11. And if it's not 11, I'm not, it's not even here. Yeah. Bye. Yeah. Like that moment your mom had (laughs) with someone she's dedicated her life to. She's like, I'm still in this and I'm so effing disappointed my entire life i would have been like bye never even talking to you again there are other options i've kept all options open (laughs) i'm on an adventure bye yeah like there's not room for bad feelings right and then getting into a relationship where you like i had a kid Mm -hmm. and then you have a kid and you're like oh shit yeah (laughs) i have to do whatever i mean all of a sudden there's gonna be mediocre days and you have to work through them Mm mm-hmm and, like, how can I transcend myself to make that be, like, meaningful in some way? And maybe that's reframing, but the idea of having to do enough work in the mundane, which mm. is not where I want to play, right. um, to be there, like, on a regular basis for a really good reason mm-hmm. has done wonders for mm-hmm. how I don't have to lose my temper losing control or I have a a much easier way to just be quiet in a room now where I couldn't before where yeah. I would have tried to um so that's been really helpful but I can totally see <laughs> that all the way through probably my 20s and honestly till I was like 38 yeah I wasn't really okay with the mundane and doing work mm-hmm. in the everyday crappy boring normal yeah. domestic place yeah. Yeah. and I think yeah. that's really important to 
to to highlight is that you're not saying it was the absolute worst all the way over in the deep dark Mm-mm. pits. You are using the words normal, mundane, mediocre, regular, kind of everyday, and that's those are bummer muscles. Those, those are, are my bummer muscles. Sevens, but I'm telling right? you, like, the, yeah. But, the dark so I think part. it's really important for sevens, yeah, to know that. Just the normal or just the it's mediocre can bummer. feel dark, can feel <laughs> yes, sad, can feel... So it doesn't have to be the absolute worst thing that happens. No, literally cooking dinner but every day. Just normal. And talking to someone and doing laundry and folding laundry. Yeah. Yes. And it's not a romantic getaway in Paris. That you've been dreaming about. <laughs> that literally is... Yeah, everyday life is hard. You're wiping butts. Like, yeah. that is bummer muscles. Yeah. And then when something. But don't you think sevens really are big. good at doing those regular things and kind of turning them into some little. Oh, no. Party? I mean, I'm not. I personally. I don't. I mean, there's like. Like, I once worked at a grocery store and I one time had to restock the grocery shelves uh-huh. after the rush. And it was just refilling the same thing that we did in the morning. Mm-hmm. And I was so. Like, I am out on this. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why anyone would ever do this with their life. Like, I, why would you do, like, I just did this. This is not exciting. No, I'm out on this. And laundry to me is that. But here's what, like, so this good. is why I think I grew up. I think I've grown up. I'm now 42. Yeah. And I think that I've grown up because, like, there are, um, these moments that'll happen where my kid says something to me that is so mind blowing that I'm like, Oh, I wiped a lot of butts. Totally worth it yes. for like the moment oh, where he turns so to you good. and says something and you're like, okay. So and maybe good. that's reframing, but I'm still wiping, no, wiping no, butts like 95% of the time. I think it's because you've done a lot of work and I think yeah. you're being yeah. really self-aware on that and realizing that the pain of being in the moment is, yeah. is pays, pays actually Dividends. gives you, it gives you, uh, as, as Alabel, my three daughter likes to say, her future self will thank you. It's true. Yeah, that is true. So good. Um, so I think that's really good. Um, so the reframing of negative situations and feelings, which, you know, um, sevens do it. Um, I'm sure you do it sometimes. And, and, you know, a lot of that is a good superpower that sevens have that they can take a negative thing and make it positive. And PCOR, who was over in my house earlier today said, you know, just like, why wouldn't you want to do that? Like Mm -hmm. if there's a, if you're in a situation in life that's feeling kind of negative or feeling kind of dicey, why on earth would you not want to make it sound better or feel better? Mm-hmm. And I think that's well, and that that's the aggressive piece, right? Mm-hmm. So we talked about the aggressive stance. What is aggressive is, of course, they're moving forward and repressing feelings, but they are making reality what they want it to be. You right. know that that's. We've talked to Alavel and kind of how she kind of na- navigates that and controls as a the three. situations mm-hmm. as a three. We'll talk about eights in a bit and, you know, reframing things to make them the way you want to make reality what you want it to be is. Is a quality is of the aggressive quality stance. Of the aggressive stance. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And so I think for seven, they look at that and it seems really um, positive and uh normal. And it is a lot of the times. Sure. It is a lot of the times. But, uh, other times, you know, not so much because people are sitting there going, well, wait, that's not how I'm actually feeling or that's not what's really going on or whatever. 
the and then one thing I want to say about reframing negative feelings for a long time, I really thought that that was uh, that sevens went through life just reframing everything that was negative into a positive. And one thing I've learned uh, over time is that sevens, if the reality of the situation is something they can't control and they don't like it, they will reframe it in a negative way that will allow them to keep believing what they wanted to believe in the first place. So, in other words, control for a seven is actually more important than reframing a positive. Mm-hmm. Um And I've come to this from just having a lot of seven friends and a seven mom and trying to figure out why sevens who are, quote, more is more life of the party. Why is it that sometimes my experience with sevens is super can feel really negative sometimes, Mm -hmm. really negative? Why is it that sometimes sevens feel like the opposite of life of the party? And it's because they are they feel that they are not in control and because they're not in control, they just turn they whatever the situation is, they're just like, it's not good. It's bad. This is a bad situation. <laughs> Even if everybody else in the room thinks it's yeah. a good situation. Because you didn't decide. Because you didn't what decide. The... So you're just like, it's bad. Well, you didn't get your way. It's you didn't really, get your way. You didn't get your way. Yeah. I um <laughs> I think this is this is hard a little bit because I definitely have I would say that in my personal work. I would tie up those feelings in ego stuff, mm-hmm. you know, where if I don't get my way or I'm outvoted by literally everyone in the room, which feels real bad yeah. as a seven, yes. I can also say like, you know, what is the outcome I want? Like the questions I ask are like, what is the outcome I ultimately want? And if I want everyone ultimately to have a great time and be happy, I am ultimately really happy that everyone is choosing what they want and I will yeah. go along very happily with that. That is really evolved of you. It it, it is. And I'm <laughs> I don't 42 know years old. Say that. Yeah. And when I was well, 20, if that <laughs> happened to me, I would just... I would have freaked out in the wrath of me. I mean, someone once wrote a poem about me when I was 20 Uh that said, literally, when Jessica gets angry, trees fall down. Like, and he's not wrong. He was not wrong. Yeah, right. But the wrath of a seven who does not get their way is immense. It's immense. Crazy. Crazy. It is. The power behind it. But, you know, the again, like, there's so so much. I feel like a seven who hasn't done their work. Uh, is not even able to stop mm-hmm. and say, I mean, what you just my said. My feelings are hurt. Is what or my said. feelings it's are hurt. Or feelings. or my ultimate goal is to make is yes. for everyone to have a good time. Yeah. Because I do think sevens really do, want, do that. want that. They really want everyone to be content. They yeah. really mm-hmm. want everything to go well. Mm-hmm. And so that's why it is so perplexing to me when I see a seven behaving that way. But it's because they didn't get their way. They're not in control. They don't like it. And they're not able to do what you just described, which is to kind of pull back from it and say, what's my ultimate goal here? Go above the canopy and figure out your outcome again. And if you can get to the outcome, then you're happy. Yeah. If the outcome can be gotten to. But the ego, the human ego is very messy. And yeah. the human ego will actually change what we think the outcome is just because our feelings are hurt or we're yeah. triggered or whatever that is. So, yeah. yeah, it's all that stuff. But I think we do really want everyone to be happy and having the best time ever. I and think, like the best time do. ever. That's and what I we think want. that um, Sevens work so hard to do that. Mm-hmm. 
And it's one of my favorite things about sevens is that they are working so hard mm-hmm. all the time to make everything good for everybody. And they don't always get the credit for that because they're, they can be kind of crashing around. But they're, but they, I, I don't think, to, I mean, maybe eights work really hard, but gosh, sevens work so hard for that. And I, I value that. Mm-hmm. It's a good thing. I'm um, thinking about your mom right now, and I just want to know one time where you feel like she was working hard for a good time. Um, like the 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 examples I think of my mom are are not so much about a good time, but there are two examples. I have one when I was really little, and I was swimming with a friend, and we were playing choo choo train, and my friend was a conductor and I was a train and after a while I was just sinking 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 <laughs> and um none of the lifeguards at the at the place realized it and my mom in her terry cloth uh pantsuit and <laughs> rick rack headscarf and giant 70s sunglasses jumped into the pool and in my mind like with rays of sun all behind her and maybe a superhero cape got me got out of the pool and went around to every lifeguard and let them fucking have it (laughs) and i felt that she was the best thing on the planet you know that's awesome and then another time which is so this it's kind of goofy on my part but um, I wrote this really long wedding announcement for my own wedding for the newspaper. <laughs> and like, I was one of those people that would go, go like on vacation when I was little and read uh, Emily Post books from 1945. <laughs> and like, I would read it for pleasure. And so I wrote my wedding announcement in the, the most, in my mind, correct way. <laughs> And the paper, my local paper, was like, "No, this is too long. It's ridiculous, and we're not." Po-. And so I was deeply saddened. And she just went and found all the other newspapers in the state that would would print it, like within thirty minutes. That is awesome. so. Like that's my mom yep. trying really hard get it done. to I get it like done it. and to make everything okay. And like that's my favorite. Those are great. Favorite things about my mom is how she can do that for, and she does it for her friends too. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, let's see. Con- so control is a huge thing, and they kind of insist on getting their way. Um, this can feel really aggressive, and it also can feel really um, charming. Like sevens mm-hmm. can do it very charmingly in a way that we are not even aware. Like, I, f- I feel like r- my friend Rachel Lomas, who, you know, runs the supper club across the street, she is brilliant at coming over here and getting me to do all kinds of things for her. But where I like, I don't even know that she's doing it because mm-hmm. she's so charming about it. And before I know mm-hmm. it, I'm, I'm like volunteered to do the dessert and the flowers because she's comes over here and tells me how awesome I am at it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, nobody nobody else can anywhere. get me to nobody else can do flowers like you. And before oh. you know it. So they're very alluring in that way, sevens. Yeah. Very alluring. I have a, like, it's funny because you said this at the workshop and I saw my entire team turn and like nod, (laughs) Uh like saying, (laughs) I think what you said is the seven comes in and then all of a sudden you're like, I'm doing this thing. It's awesome. Wait, why am I doing this? And it's like, you're looking right at the seven. Um, And that was really poignant. They all looked at you. They all looked at me. I mean, including that workshop. Like I brought people, 
not on my team. I'm not their boss. They came to that workshop. And they also... Because I was like, we're doing this. It's the thing to do. Yeah. (laughs) But I think um, what I find personally at this point in my life is... And I've been in... um, It's weird because, like, if you think about it in the workplace, like, I've been in leadership for since I was 22 or something. Mm -hmm. So you are in control a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, And what I find my, I think what the sevenness is, or what I think my sevenness is, is uh, have you ever seen, like when I look at groups of people who are kind of bumbling and they're not sure and they feel insecure about Mm -hmm. how to do stuff. And I think of like new employees somewhere or something. Mm -hmm. This would be what I would liken it to. But it could just be introverts Mm -hmm. in a room. Right. My initial response is make it okay for them. This is not okay because it doesn't feel good for me. Right. And so I immediately (laughs) am like, let me help by, I will share a personal story. I will put you all at ease. No, we're not judging. You know, yeah, like, no, no, no. And it's, they go along because they don't, they're just not, they're not going to assert in a situation like this, but I feel like I have to. Uh-huh. And so this happened, like we just, we onboarded literally, we onboarded new people last week and I found myself at lunch doing this, mm-hmm. even though like my kid was there, we were not back in school yet. So I had enough going on, but I was like sitting at the table controlling the conversation so that everyone had a, so that it was like a little bit organized so yeah. that we don't have to bumble around because mm-hmm. it feels so inefficient and wasteful to me. So the bumbling around makes you nervous. Bumbling around is like, I'm like a, I think we're like Australian cattle dogs that like nip at your ass <laughs> to get you in the herd to just be like, look, we can be yeah. more efficient. Than, don't like, yeah. I'm so uncomfortable with mm-hmm. no one talking and everyone looking at each other yeah. so nervously. And like, I don't, mm-hmm. I mean, we can all be. We're fine, but like, let's just go around and talk about our favorite restaurants or whatever it was. Yeah. yeah. Because it was like, do something. I don't want my son to think this is what work is like, where we don't do anything. Nothing is happening. That is so funny. Yeah. Oh my God. Okay. Um, so sevens unfailingly believe their own narrative and rationalize anything to fit it. So that's just kind of another way of talking about reframing, reframe. I guess. But it's just, um, you know, whatever you you tell, whatever a seven believes the story is, is what that's what the story is. Mm-hmm. So, like Suzanne used to tell a story about my mom, where she had some kind of goofy enneagram book, like in, not enneagram for idiots, but like just like a, almost like a children's enneagram <laughs> book, you know, just like a quickie basically. And she put it by Suzanne's bed to read, and every morning Suzanne would get up and say, "I haven't looked at it." Oh, I haven't looked at it. And she was like, "Well, you need to go look at it." And so. Finally, Suzanne looked at it, and my mom asked her in the morning, like, what did you, what'd you think about the book? And she's like, oh, I, I didn't really like that book, you know? And my mom's like, well, you need to go read it again. <laughs> <laughs> so I love that story, because I think, like, my mom just thought if she just kept reading it, she would like it eventually, you know? Well, I think what's funny about that story is that I think what your mom's trying to do is actually deeply connect with someone. Yes, I think, you know? Yes, I think... I think for my mom, she liked the book. Mm-hmm. And so she thinks Suzanne's going to like the book. And she. But the way I, we do it is like, no, take it. It's the best thing. It's You'll the best love thing. It. It's the best thing. Because it's. Because so because for you, it is yeah. the best thing. Mm-hmm. But um, so I think in a way, in a, in a way, that's the, again the aggressive piece. Mm-hmm. Is I think a seven, it's hard for a seven to sit there for a second and go, 
You know, maybe an Enneagram master doesn't want to look at a children's Enneagram book for that's, you know, that's cutesy. Uh, I mean, I'm not trying to be demeaning to my mother, but I'm just saying, like, you have, there has to be a moment where what is important to your, your narrative gets checked for a second, right? Before you put it out there. 100%. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I remember being in my 20s mm-hmm. and being in a relationship and being like, I want to judge this person in this relationship and then thinking about my own actions in the relationship and realizing, oh, and I can justify literally anything. Mm -hmm. I can justify Mm -hmm. anything, Mm -hmm. which was the moment where I started justifying literally anything. And I was like, I'm the most dangerous person. (laughs) So hold the phone. Like we're going to stop thinking about what other people are doing because this narrative stuff is a problem. This could be a problem. Like, I don't want to be a sociopath is what I mm-hmm. remember thinking. Wow. Like I can't, yeah. you cannot go to a place where you could literally justify almost anything. Mm-hmm. If you're that good of a storyteller, then you should be examining your actions and okay. why. So That's I had really this moment. I mean, I think insightful. it's good. I think it's very insightful, very insightful. Yeah. And I think that a lot of sevens may not, just may not see it that way and i think if you're like if you're listening to that all of that work like underneath it underneath the bid for connection underneath the need to connect is again feelings you know that so if i don't want to feel hurt if i don't want to feel left out if i don't want to feel disconnected then i'm going to reframe you know because that feels Mm -hmm. that feels dark the feelings don't kind of enter in i'm just going to control so i don't have to feel Right. You know, mm-hmm. And so all of your, I would, I would guess if we went back and listened to this podcast, I'm just thinking of some of them, like you're going to have these insightful moments where you have growth that you stop and you think, ooh, you, you feel, mm-hmm. and then you sit with it and choose to do something different, which mm-hmm. is an interesting kind of your bump, flexing your bummer muscles is mm-hmm. kind of the yeah piece of that because transcending it i think is the yeah is the key like it's a great it's great to know these frames right. about why certain things are the thoughts you've had every year of the last five years like the thought mm-hmm. of oh i have to do the life of the party but i also feel like there's no light left for me if i do that like exactly. this once you've had that thought every year for yeah. 16 years it's time to go have a different thought what what's, what's the bummer muscle let's go flex it. Like, be because i'm sick of this same idea again and again and again and that's when you start to motivate and make changes right so wonderful it's mm. wonderful so um so there are two numbers of on the enneagram that have no access to a different center of intelligence mm-hmm. and uh twos have no access to thinking yeah and sevens have no access to feeling Mm-hmm. And what that means is that the wings on either side of a seven, six, and eight are don't have any feeling dominance, and the numbers you go to, to st- on stress and security, one and five, do not have any fe- feeling They're dominance. Not in the feeling so triad. it doesn't yeah. mean that sevens don't have feelings. Of course, everyone has feelings, but it means that sevens have to work extra, extra, extra hard yeah. to to actually really have a feeling. And I think sevens are really good at telling themselves and telling other people that they're having feelings when they're actually not having them. <laughs> like yeah. performative. Yeah. Yeah, performative like a three. But I think that, yeah, I mean, it's interesting. 
because uh, I think it is similar, but I think like a three actually has a an authentic feeling because they're feeling dominant and they're in the center oh. of the feeling triad, but then they quickly set it aside and quickly move through it mm-hmm. um, because it, it is uh, miring them down. Whereas a seven, it didn't even pop up, you know? I think, uh, like, I think I personally, <laughs> I struggle with this idea about not access because I've been, I would even call us actors, uh-huh. sevens. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, especially when we're trying to control a room or make sure that it's a good experience or whatever. Mm-hmm. But including sevens, I think, or personally me, when I'm, when I've been in a not great place, if I walk into a room of 20 people, they're not in a great place. Because I am not in a great place. Oh, that's so good. There that's is so good. literally so a good. real response when a seven is not smiling. There is a real response that I've noticed in my life that mm-hmm. I'm not allowed to not smile. Like, because I'm mad then. Like, yeah. it's automatically. Yeah. yeah. So the other thing I would say about the feelings thing is I think we're... I think we can do performative feelings. I don't think, like, I'm not there in my life. I don't even try to perform. Like, my whole family's crying and we're saying goodbye. And I'm like, see you next year. Like, it's going to be okay, everybody. I don't, I've already, like, I'm already planning next August. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But I I do think we, um, for not being feeling accessing, I think um, we see, or in this, I don't know if this is seven or astute, myself jessica stuff but like i watch you can watch people and like you end up because we know when a room is having a good time or not having a good time we can read feelings in a way that i think might even go deeper than what you're like what other people might see like i Mm. feel like we read rooms very astutely so Hmm. you can read rooms but i would say this is more to do with your own feelings i'm gonna say that too that's what i was sitting here thinking yeah and and that's okay and we have them i mean i think think that i think here's what i I mean this is gonna be rough it's not gonna feel good that's okay okay i think that because there's no access to feeling i think when you have that moment not you when sevens have that moment of feeling that uncomfortable moment we're in the office like everyone's bumbling around why doesn't anyone know what we're doing so I think there's an, a discomfort because there's no access to feelings. And and immediately what happens is that discomfort gets projected out onto the room. Mm-hmm. And a seven tends to think that that's the truth when the reality is it's most of the time just your own discomfort. Mm-hmm. Um. And just, I mean, I and I think you might, I think absolutely that could be. Mm-hmm. But the like the evidence that Mm -hmm. we work with in those moments is Mm -hmm. if everyone starts seeming not uncomfortable anymore, then the evidence in those moments that we're working off of is it's really good that I intervened and gave us something to do (laughs) so that it's not just Whereas the introvert at the table would be like, I have been talking all day. I just want to sit here and eat my lunch. No, well, we are the introverted table. (laughs) So like this thing that just happened was a bunch of, introverts and i'm not sure i mean i'm probably an extrovert but i actually really need a lot of my own 
alone time. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I would rather do a puzzle than talk to people mm-hmm. um, in groups, typically. So I think it's, it is interesting, but it does seem like the data we are working with, and it may be false data, but the data that I'm working with is people feel better having had the intervention. <laughs> so j- a couple of things, just since yeah. this is an introductory. Mm-hmm. So just because you keep saying no access to feelings, I just want people who are listening to know that that doesn't mean, again, that you don't have feelings or right. that sevens don't have feelings. And when you are saying no access to feelings, that that would be kind of something that we would talk about at a, a later point, you know, because you're talking about wings. And so you're talking about the places that you're, you naturally have access to working the Enneagram. Yes. So those energies. So there, it's there for you. That, but it's just harder for sevens to find it, to, to access it in, in that way. Because there's not a natural move to move in the enneagram to get there yeah 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 so it's it's yeah or like i also think it's really funny that you're saying you're reading the data yeah that's (laughs) you know what i think that's interesting interesting. because you're in the you're in the head triad yeah and um so the data is looking at faces and if there are frowns on faces (laughs) then how many frowns versus smiles are there on faces i'm like an I'm basically an okay. autist. Yep. Yep. You know, yeah, like I you're like really that. looking yes. at like it's someone who's really you're trying at emotional intelligence. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And so, I mean, I, I like one of the things I think is crucial to say about sevens is that they feel responsible for everyone feeling that happy mood. And you feel personally responsible for the smiles on those faces. Right. Yeah. And I think that it's really important for sevens to know that they're not responsible for the smiles on the faces. And I think it goes back to what Pecor said earlier, like if you if things could be positive, then why wouldn't you want them to be? But I think that's the internal trap of a seven is it feels good to say if if life could be good, if the situation could be positive, why wouldn't we want to make it so, right? But then the bottom line is, after a while, a seven feels trapped by this responsibility to make it okay for everybody. And it's a burden, you know? I mean, my entire career has been in leadership mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I think I put that burden in leadership versus on myself as a seven, <laughs> But if I'm mm-hmm. the leader, I am in charge of the experience that people are having. So it's an interesting, like, I I like that. I like thinking about that because I've <laughs> put it in a weird, different compartment, sort of, because I am now responsible for the experience of people. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a way that I can do it without it being about what I feel like when I walk into it with my team. It's one thing. Mm-hmm. When I go home, if we're not having a great experience, I don't feel like I'm not going to like, yeah, I'm not going to make it. I don't have to like force it, but also because my husband would call me on my BS. Yeah. That's he's on top of it. Yeah. Well, that's good. It's good that you have a husband like that. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, um, freneticism, which is often seen as the same thing as vitality. Um, so chaos kind of excites sevens. Because that freneticism and chaos kind of is distracting from from yeah. feelings or f- distracting from things feeling average or mundane mm-hmm. and, you know, regular. So sevens like lots of options. They like to have an exit strategy. When they're going out for the evening, they may want to drive themselves instead mm-hmm. of carpooling with a neighbor. Or, you know, they Get walk into the house and they, they, they are like want to figure out how you know how they're going to get out or if they go to a conference they're going to sit in a chair where they can leave Mm -hmm. right yeah 
sevens like to layer activities or elements of a situation. Um, how can a good thing become even better thing? So um, this can feel aggressive, uh, I think, to other people. It can also be really wonderful. It has a you know a good and a bad side in that. Um, a seven can walk into a room and see the ways in which they can make it better. And most of the time they can actually really make something better, but sometimes they just need to let someone else have it be the way someone else set it up to be, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think sevens like it's, uh, that's just a, I think that's just a self-awareness thing where you know the difference. Well, like this is a situation where I'm going to walk in and be a participant. Yeah. Yeah. Be a participant. Mm -hmm. Or this is a situation where I'm going to, dim all the lights because my everyone's gonna have more fun if i do you at know. someone else's house yeah you're mean yeah wow yes. <laughs> i mean um, i i can see myself doing that in my 20s okay <laughs> um <clears throat> so we've we've kind of already talked about the next fun thing and anticipating um sevens look like fours as children a lot of times in that both fours and sevens are kind of reframing things but sevens are doing it to avoid pain Mm -hmm. and fours are doing it to embellish average and that it's a it's a different thing but it looks the same especially when people are or little because neither of you want average neither of us want average and Mm -hmm. i've heard you use a lot of words that you know that really Mm -hmm. resonate with me as a four um and i think i think fours and sevens uh are are really trying to kind of manufacture a passionate world Mm -hmm. and a world that's ideal and a world that they can be really engaged and excited about and so that's where fours and sevens really meet but they're doing those things for different reasons. Um, sevens feel secretly superior about how fast they think and how decisive they are. And they get impatient when people are not moving oh, as quickly yes. as they are. <laughs> Wait, no, I have a funny thing I should say. Okay. <laughs> I think I should say it. Um, I was working on a team like many years ago. And I remember being so frustrated on these calls where we would we would be on like number five on the agenda and someone would be like, I have a question about number two, like at number five. Mm-hmm. And I would lose, I would lose my mind. And again, I was in my twenties mm-hmm. <laughs> and I remember one day my boss just said to me, you know, my uh, leader said, I think you need to think of yourself as like a Maserati. And we have some Volkswagen Beetles. <laughs> in the team and you just Corolla. need to understand that there is a reason for all of us to be here <laughs> right and it was so it's so right because there's neurodiversity in the enneagram <laughs> Neuro- that's right it's, i like that it's word. true like you yeah. need the forest you, you, you for a whole ecosystem we need yeah. all of it mm-hmm. um but that's it was so really hard for me at the time to take that in but mm-hmm. you saying that is reminding me of this moment yeah. well that would be like your six yeah you know who's still thinking through to go back and mm-hmm. has a few more questions and mm-hmm. wants to... Or like, know, I'm going to be planful and I need, yeah, way more mm-hmm. information. It's like, no, let's start on next year. Yeah. <laughs> let's yeah. keep going. Yeah, yeah. And next year can't disappoint you. No. So it's fun to think about next upsetting. year because it's all in the future and mm-hmm. there's nothing that could possibly be disappointing about the future. It's safe, right? It is safe. Um, 
I think sevens are kind of always idealizing things, always looking to the future, always kind of looking for what's going to fulfill them. And so therefore, they're keeping busy and keeping moving and keeping thinking about the future because that inward journey, which is what is ultimately fulfilling is is frightening for a seven. And so their their freneticism comes from avoiding the inward journey. But the inward journey is actually what it would be the most, I mean, helpful. I mean, I think any seven listening to this is be like, yeah, right. But Maybe not you, because you've been doing your work. Doing and um, I still haven't done a silent retreat, because that is like... <laughs> <laughs> or an isolation tank for even 45 minutes. I have never done. Right, right. Because even though I know I should, and coaches have said, you should go to a silent retreat. And I'm yeah. like, no way. <laughs> right. I mean, I mean right. and I think we probably have ADHD as mm-hmm. a number, generally. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the idea mm-hmm. of stillness is mm-hmm. so hard mm-hmm. and meditation can be so amazing and that is something I have tried but mm-hmm. the idea of like enforced aloneness soaking in a tank or literally five days with no words right I can't I still I'm working toward it but that right. is something I have not right gotten to mm-hmm. right and so this this next thing I wrote down was indulgence for a seven feels like love and so in a way I think like it's the opposite of the isolation tank or the you know what I mean or the or the silent retreat like indulgence is the more is more piece and mm-hmm. it's also the freneticism right it's all of that which just adds layers to your life it's like soothing because yeah, it's, it's comfortable soothing. it feels and so but it's not care it's right. like there's and self-care so it, and Like love is actually, I mean, I think there can be love and indulgence, but there's a deeper level of love that's in simplicity, mm-hmm. right? Letting things be what they are. Letting things be what they are. Yeah. That's good. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think passion can look like feelings on a seven. And so a lot of times I think people think that sevens are have, you know, a lot of feelings, but really what they have is just a lot of passion about mm-hmm. things. Yeah. I get snookered every time. Yeah, I do. I often do. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Sevens tend to gravitate towards whatever feels invigorating or enlivening. Um, And and they kind of know how to, they see it coming. And so they know how to kind of move towards whatever that is and move away from something that feels sticky or stale or boring. Yes, mundane. Um, domestic but dishes. that said like problems and obstacles can actually be invigorating for a yeah. seven so problems and obstacles are not necessarily what y'all are moving away from you feel it feels like a puzzle it feels like something you can solve oh yeah it feels like something that involves that kind of future anticipatory stuff that uh-huh. you're gonna have to you know figure it all out and that's kind of exciting totally Vitality is a word I like to use for sevens because I think it, and I actually I kind of think it's non-negotiable. So I I think when we talk about sevens, they're they don't have to be the life of the party, and I think that's the caricature. But I think mm-hmm. they have to have us. There is a sense of vitality when a seven walks into the room that is unmistakable, and we're drawn to it, and we are drawn yeah. to it. And I uh, other word I like to use for sevens is intoxicating, mm-hmm. and I think they. Uh, I think we get attached to sevens for that reason, and it can feel like a drug, actually. Mm-hmm. We can get lured into mm-hmm. the all of that energy of a seven that's so appealing. 
Because you all make things more fun and you make things better and you, you know, we all want that. We all want that energy from you and that, so that's what is part of that loop of y'all feeling responsible for our fun. We are kind of asking you to be responsible for our Mm -hmm. fun and then, you know, it's hard for y'all to get out of that. Mm Yeah. But it's, uh, it's not your job really to keep us all up. Mm -mm. Right. That's really kind of all I have for for the seven stuff. I have some healthy seven stuff we can talk about. So like a healthy seven is realistically enthusiastic. And and I think that's really important because um, sevens get discounted a lot for being unrealistically enthusiastic or kind of uh, indiscriminately enthusiastic. Um, they want everything to be good and happy and exciting, and so everything's great. That's the best spaghetti I've ever had. Oh, that's God. the best movie I've ever been He's to. My best that's friend. The, yeah, that's the best book <laughs> I've my ever best read. Friend. Right. This, this is the is best my... trip I was ever on. Yes, exactly. Hyperbole and... is our problem. Right, and I, I mean, I love hyperbole too, and I think I think people do. You know, it's until more, it's... people stop listening to you. Well, and so what? It, what <laughs> right. ends up happening is that people end up not going to the seven for the for the real answer. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't trust your answers as much, and, and a can't. seven wants to be trusted, and they want to not be. You know, sevens have depth, mm-hmm. and they want to be valued for their depth. Yeah. And so, I think like a healthy seven knows this, yes. and so mm-hmm. they have kind of learned. You divide by four is what you do. Divide. We have it. We have a joke in my house called. Jessica Factor 4 is literally (laughs) the statement that my friends make when I say, there were 10 buses behind us in this line of cars in London. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And people are like, okay, divide by four. Roughly, it's one and a half. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You know, so like, that is a thing we say in my house. And they all started saying it. All of, like, my husband, all of our friends. And so now... Like, really in the last, this is really recent, like the last six years, mm-hmm. I divide by four when before I Before you say it. Before it comes out of my mouth. That's amazing. And they have started to now trust me with yeah. my stories. That yeah. That is that's, such a good... That's really good. But we called so it Jessica Factor for, for six years so that I could integrate this information. That's so great. Which is important. That's great. Oh, I love that. Um, healthy sevens are true visionaries. And they idealize worlds for us and make things happen. And I think this is really true of everyone in the aggressive stance. I think healthy three, seven, and and eights imagine uh, a world for us that the rest of us are not as quick to get there. And so we need uh, three, sevens, and eights to take Mm -hmm. us there. And Mm -hmm. it's one of my favorite things about sevens is not only do y'all visualize a beautiful world for us, I mean, threes and eights do that too, but sevens do it in such an intoxicating and alluring way that they just bring so many people along with them. And there's a lot of power in that. We're a little less resistant. Yeah, I think that's that's true. Mm -hmm. Healthy sevens accept the mutuality of joy and pain. That They're kind of, you can't have one without the other. And healthy sevens overcome their fear of a pain of a meditative practice, which we were just talking about. Um, but I mean, you know, I think in a way we could say that about all of us. I think we all kind of pull away from that, and and I think all roads sort of lead there. I think we all can work on that. Um, so I, just yeah. while you're looking through, this, I'm curious when you learned the enneagram. I think I was 33. Okay. Yeah, I think I was like 30. 
233 when I first heard someone mention it. Mm -hmm. And the way that I heard it mentioned, I spent, I mean, I've spent a lot of time in career mode and I was working with some coaches who mentioned it as sort of the ancient text that under, like, it was, it was like the underlay of the Mm Myers-Briggs, the underlay of, like, Carl Jung had looked at, like, Mm -hmm. all of this. And I heard about it and I was like, oh, that sounds amazing. And so I checked it out, and I read a book called The Wisdom of the Enneagram, mm-hmm. and I like devoured it, and I sort of immediately, I knew yeah. seven enthusiasts. Like, I was like, mm, mm-hmm. yeah. But um, what's so fun about it is I came to your workshop and learned like a completely different sort of um, lens on mm-hmm. almost all the numbers, because I'd only oh, really? read it. I'd only read it on my own, mm. and it was... Um, there was just a lot to be added to be in a in a group setting, yeah. hearing about it with other people, and it was super cool. And I've always wanted to use it because it felt always a little more pure to me than all this other, like, disc and yeah. uh, Myers-Briggs and all these things that we, like, I know that it's helpful to try to categorize ourselves, right. to have a common language to talk about our behaviors, but it feels, in a way, a little more clean to me because it's like here's a framework Mm -hmm. and then there's all the other stuff that happened like that makes us who we are and it's something that can be transcended yes which is hopefully (laughs) there is movement and um that's what i yeah but it was it was about six years about your own movement your own kind of Mm -hmm. your your own self-awareness is not even doing Eight years ago. I have to add time. See what I did as a seven? Adding time to what I just said. (laughs) Very exciting. Divide by four. Divide by four. Not even divide. It really happened two years ago. Um, (laughs) Just kidding. So, uh, one more thing I'll say is that, like, a healthy seven is like willing to really be engaged with the present and Mm -hmm. kind of stop anticipating. Because I think a seven like a four in a lot of ways is always looking for that kind of texture and engagement and passion in life. They Mm -hmm. don't want things to be average. They don't want Mm -hmm. things to be mundane, but by always being anticipatory and future focused, they kind of miss a lot of the real depth and and texture of the moment. Um, And they're not really aware that they're missing it. And no one's going to really be able to tell them that they're missing it. And they're always going to tell themselves that they're not missing anything, right? But then there's this kind of gnawing feeling every time you get to the family vacation that you've anticipated and you're always, you're already over it, right? Mm -hmm. And so there's a real beauty, I think, when a seven can just um, face down the present, basically. And also that you can have this beautiful experience and be sad when it's over and it can still be a beautiful experience. Mm -hmm. You know, there can be the texture of feelings that go with whatever you've been waiting for, Mm -hmm. that when you're there and you're sad, it's over, that that's okay. Yeah. You know, that then you can move on to the next. And I think that's really the sevens that I have visited with and talked to when they talk about, well, I'm, I'm already sad that it's going to be over. And so I have to start thinking about the next thing because I can't, I can't bear the thought that it's already going to be over. So I can't, I don't even experience it. Right. Because I'm so nervous about being sad. 
that it's over. And so I think that's that that's just a little piece of the the feeling work. That's mm-hmm. that's part of the allowing allowing feelings and knowing that they're not gonna you're not gonna stay sad forever. That, right. that there's still gonna be another thing, that there's still gonna be another experience that, that you can have all of that can be and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Leave the mattress in the box Leave for the one year, and then none of the other. <laughs> You'll <laughs> always be okay. <laughs> no, I think I think what you're saying it's mm-hmm. really real, and I I do think um, this idea of like being experiencing the moment is mm-hmm. so hard. I mean, I've it's like there's a learning style that's been studied about being experiencing. I do not have it. I'm not. I don't ever rate that. Mm-hmm. I can't even flex into experiencing a moment. And I know that about myself, but what's also really interesting is these like mundane moments. Some of the literature that mm-hmm. I like really gravitate towards is like the Raymond Carvers, like you're mm-hmm. looking at the counter or the Anne McGrath, the oh, autobiography wow. of Red. Like you sit in these mm-hmm. very mundane moments that become sort of um, more... Mm-hmm. They become bigger than just that moment. If mm. I couldn't have that moment, but I can read about it and say huh. nothing, nothing grows out of elation. Mm. The only thing that is going to grow is out of suffering. <laughs> For a seven to suffer in the mundane, Gosh, you will so grow. Lovely. I mean, and that yeah. is really yeah. There's actually be- real beauty. Growth there. happens in pain. Yes. 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 Yeah. And it's not always going to be that way. I think that the growth part is that you that the pain will like pass. if sevens can practice that, then they can know that they can that it's not going to just take them. It's out. not final. Yeah, yeah, it's not. Mm-hmm. I mean, but it still feels a little painful. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I do the work, and it's still a little painful yeah. to sit in a moment, and it probably will always be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's For okay. I mean, but I keep growing mm-hmm. because yeah. I can sit in it. Yeah, it's awesome. So good. Okay, well, thank you so much for ha- coming. Thanks for having me. We are so good. It was so fun. It was so good. <laughs> thank you. It's always the same. So this has been a lot of fun, Elizabeth Chafin, and we hope that you who are listening uh, also kind of get the deeper purpose of this work and learning of the Enneagram and that you'll join us by either visiting our website or Instagram to form community in Austin that's doing the big work of transforming and supporting one another uh, and being our true selves. Mm-hmm. Right, having this discussion every week, thinking about who am I, how am I utilizing this tool is transformative work, and I'm so grateful. And it's that the thought of people going to our website or going to the <laughs> pot, podcast or um, checking out our Instagram makes me super uncomfortable and super nervous and excited because I want to do this work with other people. And we yes. hope that folks listening to this podcast want to do the transformative work mm-hmm. in community yes and, and i would that's I would, super exciting i would me. like to form an austin community that that wants to show up for each other in that way and, yeah. and call each other to our better selves i love it okay i'm excited me too so we are at austin enneagram uh that's our website and our instagram yeah 
And if you want to contact us for workshops or questions. Mm-hmm. Or check out when we start doing number nights. Right. All of that will be through our Instagram, actually. We will announce our number nights through Instagram. Mm-hmm. And also you can DM us through Instagram. Right now, I think that's the easiest way to get us. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Okay.